All right. We are on, uh, well, about to be live for the world to see from Las Vegas, Nevada. How crazy is that? I actually uh, got here uh, last night, set up for the show about 10 minutes ago, and uh, we're just going to do this thing. And, of course, it's a, it's an event that uh, is going to be fascinating because it's about health freedom, healing liberty, innovation, freedom in, in innovation and in medicine, the Biomed Expo in Las Vegas. Uh, also, uh, well, before we fully get there, because as you can see, people are setting up behind me. We've got Jonathan E. Moore. It's the sacred fire of liberty. And oh, my gosh, we're never short of things to cover or say. But today it feels like they've just been spoon feeding us all of this amazing stuff we just got to cover. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, Jonathan E. Moore is going to be with me in studio on Monday, the 18th of September. It's going to be a three-hour telethon in support of his candidacy for uh, the United States Senate in Virginia. Simulcast on TV with Mike Adams and so much more. We'll be talking a little bit about that, getting excited for Monday as well. But for now, let's uh, let's get started for today's show, September 14th, 2023. There's another homeopathic hit that I'm going to cover. Uh, don't be depressed. Don't be anxious. We got you covered. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on starting now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Hello and welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show special edition from Las Vegas, Nevada, along with the Sacred Fire of Liberty, which we carry each and every day, much less every week. Uh, Jonathan Emord is about to join me as well. We've got a lot to do, a lot to cover. I uh, hope you'll uh, come down and see us uh, this weekend, um, today, Friday, Saturday, maybe even a little bit Sunday. And uh, then we'll get back in time for the Sacred Fire of Liberty extended edition on Monday. I call it the three-hour tour that doesn't end up on a deserted island. Ends up with the restoration of an American organic republic rooted in individual liberty, acknowledging rights that come from God and not government. And this is why, among many reasons, we need Jonathan E. Mord in the United States Senate. With that, let's bring Jonathan in for our Edition here, me in Vegas. Yeah, this is weird. It's noon. I'm not used to doing my show at noon, but apparently it's the right time. But those glasses work well with the alien convention that's coming next door, right? That's right. Yes, it's a simul simultaneous alien encounter, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun. Super, Robert. Especially since they're finding little aliens, uh, like thousand-year-old aliens in Mexico now. Apparently, that's the, the breaking news today. I thought that was funny since I'm here. We'll probably hear about it. If you believe that one, you, you know, you're really... I you're on psychedelic drugs. I, I think that uh, you, the, you wonder where the ETs got their idea from, Hollywood, Steven Spielberg, or vice versa. I don't know, but we'll have fun with the topic no, well, no matter what. I just what. want you to be abducted by those aliens next door, Robert. No, That's not going to happen. Not going to let that happen. But thank you, Jonathan, because I have to be with you. You have to be with me in studio on Monday. Yes. I'm so excited. We got three hours of simulcast on TV. Mike Adams is getting ready to uh, let the world know about it. We've got uh, some more events coming up on Tuesday following that. Thanks to my friend Jerry St. Clair in Bountiful. He's got the Vitality Nutrition. He called me after you were on his show. I don't know if it's aired yet, Jonathan. He's like, oh, my gosh. I know Now I understand what you were saying about Jonathan. I love him. We have to get him in the U.S. Senate. So whatever you did, keep doing it. Yeah, we, we hit it off very well. And that was a great show, too. I, I enjoyed it very much. 
Yeah, well, he was ecstatic. He really he got it immediately. So that's that bodes well for folks that don't know you and first encounter you, as we've heard time and time again on the campaign trail. When you go out and speak, whether it be at the Health Freedom Expo or at various campaign events, the resonance, you know, what you're doing is bringing the integrity and, of course, the history and all of that into a place where it's been there's been a huge vacuum in the body politic for the kind of things you're doing with rare exception. And once again, I remind everybody that Ron Paul has endorsed my friend Jonathan Emord for the United States Senate, and it's even before the primary, which says a lot about um, your commitment and his knowledge of your commitment and track record. So again, I don't mean to make this all about you, but I do because I love you, my brother, and I want to see you there. You know, we got a lot to cover today, including uh, the New Mexico governor gone bonkers and Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden apparently indicted over federal gun charges. Yes, long overdue and not enough. Not enough. This guy... The, the, they've got a hand-picked uh, person in David Weiss who is really um, anything but interested in prosecuting. That's why they have him there. And um, this is the very least. I mean, fortunately for us all, there was a Trump-appointed federal judge who would not condone the, the outrage that they tried to pull on her to wash away all these offenses in a plea deal with Hunter. But now... He's forced to bring some of the charges, and he's only brought a few. And uh, Hunter is rich with indictable offenses, and they only have a couple on the gun charges that they're presenting now. So do you think this is um, something that will make a difference, or it's more of a sideshow carnival like everything Biden administration seems to be? It's a sideshow carnival. It's minimizing the significance of what he really did. I mean, we've got a lot of problems there with Hunter. We have somebody who is engaged in influence peddling, violated the foreign and uh, 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 that, but oh. also the foreign registration oh. okay. for yeah. receipt of money from foreign nationals. And of course, he received it into accounts that were with his uh, father, who was then vice president. And that was uh, in part a part of a bribe payment that apparently he received in the Burisma matter, as well as payments from a whole host of other sources that are coming through various entities into those accounts. And um, as the Foreign Emoluments Clause of the Constitution makes very clear, a person in the executive branch, president, the vice president, simply cannot accept money from a foreign power. But here it's even worse. He not only accepted money from a foreign power, he's accepting money from enemies of the United States in, a, in an apparent influence peddling scam in which he was uh, indicating or promising through his son that he would do certain things or provide certain benefits or actions in exchange for money. That's what it looks like. We haven't all the proof in yet, but we have enough proof to know about the Burisma thing. And that's basically what it was. It was a uh, payment to him uh, to get uh, Shokin fired. And he did get Shokin fired. And that uh, is, you know, all wrapped up in one. That in and of itself would be an impeachable uh, offense. There are many, many things that you can impeach Biden on, but that those are among them. And when it comes to Hunter Biden, there is a lot of criminality that appears to be going by the wayside without prosecution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. Just so you know, it's an unusual day for me. It's not like I'm never out of town and doing remote uh, broadcasts. That's not it. But I'm just, you know, I, I hear, hear me out, Jonathan, because you talk about living in the present and also living in the future all at once, because I'm so 
darned excited about you coming into town and being in studio. And then we're going to have events. I mean, I think uh, the head of Nutraceutical, which is one of the big dietary supplement industry companies, is, is going to host us for a morning uh, event on, on that Tuesday uh, fundraiser for you. And then we're going to do some more. I am just all of these things I have to say. I'm good at being in the present moment, but I'm a little bit distracted by what's about to happen. Well, that may also be because of the uh, aliens that are interested in abducting you that are right next door uh, in that hotel room that you're in that hotel it, conference it center. That you're could at. be that, too. <laughs> yeah, that they could be interfering with your brain waves and lack of spatial and temporal awareness. Yeah. Uh, but of course, they must have done a real number on Joe Biden because he virtually has no temporal or no. Awareness whatsoever. Absolutely incredible. Did he say that he appeared at Ground Zero the day after 9 11? And of course, uh, easily either verifiable or uh, disputable. I mean, what he says is like he's coming in out of a fantasy world that he lives in on a permanent basis. Biden claims he was at Ground Zero after the day after 9 11. Why, why would he do that unless he's not present at all? He's a pathological liar, Robert. He's a pathological liar. And, oh, by the way, Robert, did you know that he stood next to Neil Armstrong on the moon uh, when Neil Armstrong? Yes. And there are many events in history. I mean, he was on the Titanic and actually survived that. In addition to that, I don't know if you've been watching, but he really um, is one of the most outstanding NBA players that we've ever, <laughs> that too, yes. we've ever had. I think and, somebody dropped him on his head. Yeah, but. And when everybody died in that implosion of that uh, that submarine, well, he escaped from that. Did you know he was down there, too? I He's didn't everywhere. realize that. No. Biden is everywhere. He's like Waldo. He's all <laughs> over the place. You have well, to ask where he is, but you know what? He's been there. And just because there's evidence that he was somewhere else the day after 9-11 Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean that he really wasn't there, Robert. You have to give him, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt, Robert. Just give him the benefit of the doubt. This is one of those cases, Jonathan, where you have to laugh or you're going to cry because think about it. He <laughs> was, well, again, there's dispute about the elections. I get that. But all right, he's president now or acting as if. And he does things that if you were just like hiring somebody for a job at the post office or even a retail checkout clerk, you would go, no, this guy, we cannot hire this guy. This guy is completely off his rocker, not in reality. And yet he's the president. Well, can you imagine uh, inviting Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden to have an event together uh, with just themselves present? You would have Joe Biden telling Mitch McConnell about all of his uh, various visits to places where he never visited. And you'd have Mitch McConnell responding in this way. Look who just showed up. Your host with the most coming up when you're visiting. Hey. Paul Bertero is here. here he is. Paul. Hey, how you doing? Paul, did you go over to that alien abduction center next right, door? We got the alien event happening. Oh, well, my gosh. I don't know that I'll go over there, but we're having maybe. so much fun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if Robert's with me, I'll. Uh, yeah. That way we won't, they won't abduct, abduct us both. There's too much weight between us. Paul has invited uh, me and my wife, Cheryl, to his magnificent palatial estate <laughs> in Salt Lake City. Now, Paul, I have to tell you, we're going to be arriving late on, on Sunday. Sunday night. Yeah. That's all good. He's, he, no, 
uh, we're so excited to have you. And I know, uh, Paul, I, you know, I volunteered him. I said, you can't say no, no. He's like the moment I asked, they said, absolutely. Uh, for sure. Want to host well, Jonathan and his wife. So I love, so I love you. You know that I'm behind I, you. I know. It and I love you too. Yeah. And we're talking about Joe Biden and how he appears at places apparently that no one knows he's appearing at and has a recollection of being in places where the evidence seemed to suggest that he's never been there. Um, no, the one thing about Joe Biden, he's not present where it matters most. And this might be the explanation. He might have been there after 9-11. It's appropriate that they claim that he was there a day after 9-11. Oh, he's always he's always actually present too late to make a difference with no answer, <laughs> with no answer for the problem that he confronts. So, yeah, but yeah, the perfect excuse is he was there. A day late and a dollar short, except <laughs> yeah. when it comes to his own family. He's yeah. very rich now, very yeah. rich from influence. Yes. That's for sure. Was he there in South Africa with, uh, you know, what's that guy's name? Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. Was he there the whole time in prison with him? Too? <laughs> he was in prison with him the whole time. Uh, just incredible. Yeah. Hey, listen, I want to talk about uh, this thing called the Second Amendment, which, by the way, doesn't grant you a right to keep and bear arms. That's an acknowledged right of self-defense by God. And our, our founders understood that. The ultimate defense against tyranny, if the First Amendment fails, the Second Amendment is there. New Mexico governor has gone kind of Hunter Biden on us or, or whatever Biden on us, because uh, although Biden has been, uh, I think, indicted on a gun charge, Hunter. But uh, this New Mexico governor says, I can just declare a health emergency and you no longer can carry a gun, even though you have perfectly qualified, you have everything you need. And we're watching this. And even people on the left, Democrats are going. Uh, uh, no, I, I'm watching this. I'm going, this is amazing. Every day is a health emergency. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, apparently the federal courts slapped her pretty hard. Um, yeah, there is such a thing as the Second Amendment. I don't know whether that uh, governor has ever read the Constitution or not. How anyone in their right mind would do what she did uh, is beyond me. She has no legal power to do it, and the federal courts made that very clear. They slapped her so hard. I think she's uh, probably her head twisted all the way around her body and is looking at itself. Uh, yeah, she she should understand that um, the way to create a revolution in this country is to tell people that they can't have weapons to protect themselves and their country. So, yeah, you uh, you do that. I mean, she she really it, it was a bizarre press conference, wasn't it? Yeah. Super Don, do you have a video of this that we could play a reminder or something new that's happened since we, we played it before? Because I, I still watch it and go, what is this? One? Is she, I love is she, the sheriff's reaction in the county where she uh, she she meant to impose this ban. Um, he said, absolutely not. There's a second amendment of the Constitution. I've sworn an oath to uphold that there's no way on earth I'll enforce that. Yeah. So go ahead and play that clip if you don't mind. If someone got a concealed carry permit in Albuquerque walking down a public street, they're not going to get arrested. I can make the point that maybe they should be. You took an oath to the Constitution. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carry license? With one exception, and that is if there's an emergency, <laughs> and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. In this emergency, this 11-year-old 
and all these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. Because what about their constitutional rights? I took an oath to uphold those two. And if we ignore this growing problem without being bold, I've said to every other New Mexican, your rights are subrogated to theirs. And they are not, in my view. Well, wait a minute. Okay. You're talking about crimes. There are already laws against the crimes, so how are their rights yeah, but, but again, if I'm unsafe, who's standing up for that right? If this climate is so out of control, somebody should do something. I'm doing as much as I know. Oh my God. Ah, it's, wow. the, it's the hidden emergency exception to the Constitution, Robert. It's the, it's the I am governor and I have power and I'm going to wield it any way I want, even if there's a Constitution. I don't care. So, anyway, yeah. Did you notice that the chair next to her on the right of her. Um, can you hear, yeah, I've got I've got to get this uh, set up for Paul because I've only got one audio output. I apologize. And I forgot that as I was resetting this thing, I'm going to come out through the speakers. And yeah, go ahead now. So the the sheriff sitting next to her, by the way, is the sheriff who said he would not enforce her order. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> they, they're they're the most powerful in their county anyway. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a dangerous person who's governor of, of New Mexico. But as she's denying people the right to keep and bear arms, she's saying that I'm protecting the rights of people who feel unsafe. What What is there? I don't know of a right to feel safe anywhere. <laughs> it's filled with non sequiturs, illogical links. I mean, she yeah. says she there's a there's an emergency. Well, what is the emergency? Right. Uh, oh, well, there's a crime emergency or whatever. We can imagine what she's thinking. She probably thinks there is. An emergency of gun crime, right? Mm -hmm. So what does she do? In order to protect the public, she takes away their right of self-defense. Does that make any sense? No. Fully illogical. I mean, if anything, you'd be giving them out guns. I mean, you right. say, there's an emergency with violence in the streets, and I'm going to arm every citizen so they can protect themselves and prevent this scourge from ruining my county or my state. Mm -hmm. Instead, she says she's going to disarm the law-abiding and of course, that is the uh, the worst thing you could do. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. No. All right. I, I got a question. Robert? What's that? No, no, I'm looking out for aliens. I'm a little bit nervous. We got. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, that's, that's they a have the gun. occupational hazard for you, Robert, because when you go to these conventions <laughs> and the alien abductors are just one partition away, Robert. You know what? I, I think that uh, maybe that New Mexico governor was abducted and replaced by a Republican operative because this is really actually quite good what she's doing in terms of people going, I will never elect a Democrat again right, uh, to right. be governor. If, they, if that's what they believe, they can just basically. Well, I, I think this is, you know, this is Biden's desire. He's expressed it. And this yeah. is also a desire of many Democrats. So the yeah. fact that she did this is kind of like a trial balloon to see how much the public would be willing to take. Would the public uh, not object vigorously? Would there not be sufficient litigation to call it into question? But of course, she got slapped so hard by the federal court right, right immediately in this one that you know that that she was enjoined from enforcing her ridiculous uh, order against guns. So, yeah. 
we are very unique. The United States of America is a unique place because mm-hmm. you travel in most of Europe, you don't have, you know, Switzerland, you got Switzerland. That's about it where you can carry weapons and guns unless you're a hunter or mm-hmm. whatever. It's, it's pretty rare. The freedoms we have, we need to make sure we keep them. So that's right, Paul. Yeah, well, that's what we're after. That's what we're up uh, against, too. And uh, that's why we got to cover these uh, crazy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I say crazy people. I don't even know how to define what this this New Mexico governor is all about. But you're right. Trial ballooning is like, hey, let's just throw her to the wolves, see what happens. And they well, go, even the aliens next door are right over there for you. Even the aliens next door have guns, Rob. Right. They have their own. Better ones. Better yeah. ones. Yeah. Yes. They're like laser laser guns. Beat, laser guns. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, no, I don't understand, you know, and we live in a state where we have constitutional carry and I still have an actual carry uh, permit. So, I, you know, see, we, we don't have we don't disagree with much. I disagree only that I don't think I want to ask permission for something that yeah. is all right. That's all. But I, I recognize the qualifications associated with it. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with it. But the idea of having yes. just as our founder said, yeah. you didn't have to go to a litmus test. Right. Right. There should be no there should be no encumbrance whatsoever to ownership of a gun 100%. Or, to, or to concealing it. There should be no requirement. Really, and um, the, the Second Amendment, uh, like the First Amendment, cannot be limited by government. Correct. And these random impositions on people's liberties in order to allegedly reduce crime, which it, there's no proof whatsoever that it has it had any reduction in crime effect. All these registration requirements and uh, fees that are required to be paid to have concealed carry and so on. All that, there's no proof whatsoever that that has had any effect on diminishing crime. No. And, you know, when you restrict in foreign countries, I mean, England recently experienced this horror. When you deny the citizenry the right to bear arms and the right to possess weapons, then when you have an act of terror like they had in London, uh, a whole bunch of people were... Uh, killed and and injured as a result of the fact that no one had a weapon to stop the person with a weapon. Right. Exactly. And and she was asked point blank, do you think that the criminals will will, will turn in their guns because you've done this? <laughs> yeah. No. no. I'm like, then what do you do? You're disarming the people that can protect that prevent right. the crime. That's right. right. It's so absurd. Yeah. Hey, but she's told to do a certain thing. She had a meeting prior to that. That was what they said they wanted. She decided to do it. Uh, there was no script. If someone asked if the uh, bad guys would turn in their guns, so she has to answer that honestly. Yeah. But the rest, she was following the script, so she did her job. You know what else? Uh, when you do something extraordinary like this, where you're going to push the limits of your power, actually, in this case, exceed the limits of your power, you would think that she would have had a well-developed script, a well-developed legal and uh, <laughs> at least logical justification. Instead, she sounded very much like the aliens across from the partition there, Robert. Uh, not, that they're, not that they're less intelligent than she is. I'm just meaning that she literally sounded incoherent to right. our yeah. ears. Right, right. I mean, whatever crazy um, person. So Jonathan had a Halloween every year. He would have big Halloween oh, parties, and and Nancy and I and the kids got to go up to uh, uh, one of them years ago, and it was I an know. alien theme. I was oh. actually we were coneheads and oh, Star Trek stuff, and it was the oh, oh so much fun. Uh, but I didn't know maybe some of those folks are going to show up <laughs> here now. So 
You should invite some of them from across the way on the show, just sort of to. It could happen. It could happen. I mean, to minimize the risk of abduction, just let them yeah. come on. They might like that. Yeah. Right. Make so, friends with them. Right. It's be always great. better. All right. Here's a serious topic I want to bring up with you, Jonathan. Uh-oh. Perspective on. Yeah. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, has brought up some level of uh, impeachment inquiry of some kind in the House. Uh, and my concern, of course, if they succeed, because there's plenty to impeach uh, Biden on. But who's sitting right next to him as vice president? That could be even worse if it's possible. Oh, gosh. And, and I don't know, strategically uh, versus, look, integrity, all in constitutional integrity in involved, we would say this guy should have been impeached the moment he took office. But what do we see happening here with McCarthy going forward with this? Uh, uh, you know, I guess it's a, the evidentiary hearing at this point. Well, I, I've uh, said that I really believe that an impeachment inquiry is needed and that it needs to happen right away. And I'm glad that they're starting it. I hope they perform a good job at it. Uh, but here's the thing. The House can impeach him. It's up to the Senate to remove him. The House inquiry allows for broad discovery. And we need to get every bit of proof of the criminality because ultimately Biden and his family must be made to account for their violations of federal law, for their violations of the Constitution. And uh, and so uh, this is a good thing to have this impeachment inquiry. But what I've said all along and on the campaign trail is this, that uh, we'd be nuts to remove him from office right away because we want, we don't want Kamala Harris. That would be the worst thing in the world. But be she says she's ready. She's ready, yeah. <laughs> she says she's ready. Oh, yeah. She's so ready. Yep, she's, she's definitely ready. She's as ready as the... New Mexico yes. governor. Is. How are you? Um, How are you? Oh, did an alien life form arrive? Yes, <laughs> we have. Them cut. They don't understand the on-air button, but but yeah, it's okay. It's oh, very nice. That's very nice. And see how gracious Paul was, even though they're not from this planet. He's very nice. But Paul is just that kind of guy. He you know, he's very nice. In, 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 a, in a way, I'm an alien from Virginia arriving hey, in a, place in Salt Lake. So. Alien lives matter. Alien lives matter. Yeah. Right. That was one of the signs at his party. That we was. had alien lives matter. Yeah, they, they, we had aliens standing uh, up in front of the stage uh, uh, with those signs, alien lives, matter, and they sure they do. do. They, they sure do. do. Yeah. You they know do. what? We, uh, yeah. With this whole thing, I mean, so what you do is you you impeach him in the House, and then you withhold the vote on removal to the last few minutes of his administration, and then you remove him. Got <clears throat> That's, yeah, strategically, That's I think, a little bit better. I agree. Well, good. That uh, and and I don't think they control the Republicans. Don't control the Senate at this point. Just the House. So it's not likely they would get a conviction at this moment. But uh, things could change in two years when uh, Jonathan Emore joins, or less oh. than two years now, in the United States Senate. That that would be the best. Yeah. Talk about yeah. a Halloween party theater near you. So yeah, yeah we got to win the primary, and it looks like we are going to win that primary, which is so so cool. And then we're going to beat Tim Kaine. And boy, oh boy, Tim Kaine's never had anybody go after him with a vengeance. And that's the real problem. He tells the people of Virginia he's a moderate, but he votes right in line with the Democrat socialists. There's no you can't find any wiggle room between his position in voting and Bernie Sanders. They're exactly alike. So, you know, this is going to be entertaining because. The, for the first time in Virginia history, they're going to have a candidate for the United States Senate who is actually going to go after and pin the tail on that donkey. Yeah. I'm going to do it. And, you know, I mean, a lot of these people in the past have been saying, you know, I, I disagree with him or I'm, I'm a different candidate. But they've not actually shown what he has done. 
And what he has done is disgraceful, whether it's vote for all these trillion plus bills or whether it's to bet just stand right by Joe Biden during that ignominious retreat from Afghanistan, the loss of 13 American servicemen's lives and all those Americans left behind rather than getting him out first. He stood by him there and there. He's done absolutely nothing to close the borders. He's been a true trooper in support of uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. In fact, he says that he's doing a great job. Alejandro. <laughs> so, yeah, if you like open borders, if you like inflation that's totally out of control, <laughs> if you like to have your kids indoctrinated and sexually told that they're it's sexualized when they're juveniles and also have them uh, told that they can transition at any time and that the government will help them. If you if you believe all that stuff, then you love Tim Kaine. Yeah. But if you have any scruple against it, then how can you possibly support that buffoon? But right. we're going to bring it to him. We're yeah. it. So, speaking <laughs> of buffoon, I don't know how, um, you know, when, when, when Biden holds a press conference, they have to, like, alter the definition of a buffoon to encompass all that he does. <laughs> uh, it's just one embarrassment. Well, if you stay at the press conference, the problem is he wanders off. Right. That's, that's one of Biden's big problems. He wanders <clears throat> Now, what they need to do is to just have a pre-made box that he stands in. So he can, if he starts to wander, he hits the, and then he has to go back around. It's like or, the collar. It's like those collars. Yeah. Something to hold his head. So it's just like this. <laughs> and, and he has to talk straight. But the, the other problem is, of course, he doesn't answer any questions, right? Yeah. It's yeah. cue cards, those cue cards, and they keep getting bigger. And the yes. pen art gets bigger and bigger. Um, why do they do that with the cue cards? Why not just just let the pelt have it have his have his uh, aide stand right next to him and say, the president doesn't have cognitive ability to comprehend the questions or answer them, so he's asking <clears throat> to answer them for him. Right. And go ahead, right. Make public. That'd be a lot more honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super Don, do we have a video clip of what happened? Was it the Vietnam press conference? Uh, trying to establish oh. some things there. He, his mic was cut. He was, I mean, it's yeah. just. And they, they cut him off. Yeah, that was a good thing. Yeah. They just cut him off. Yeah. yeah. We talked about, we talked about at the conference overall, we talked about stability. We talked about making sure that the third world, the, uh, excuse me, third world, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Southern Hemisphere had access to change it, had access. We, it wasn't confrontational at all. You came up with thank, thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the count press thank, conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think he likes to walk a lot. You notice that? I mean, he doesn't do it very well. He likes yeah. to do it a lot. So what I would do is get a treadmill wherever he is. <laughs> Just while he's up there at the podium, have his little legs going. Have his little legs. At least that's healthy for him. And maybe, maybe it will increase the blood supply to his brain, Robert. Yeah. Just and maybe, it, maybe. And it'll promote a healthy lifestyle. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking with Paul, what the technology that Echo has, if you have him drink some ox, uh, hydrogen water, oh, he might yeah. come to his senses for a moment and go, how did I get here? Right. Where yeah. am I? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Remember when he would say that he was running for the Senate when he was running for 
president. Um, and then when he would say that Kamala Harris was president and he was the vice president. Yeah, he said he worked for her, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. So, uh, uh, Jonathan, is there any way we can um, have room for anybody else? Or do we have all the sponsors f- filled up for the Monday simulcast on, with Mike Adams at Brideon.tv? Because if, if somebody really wants to be part of that, they can contribute to your campaign and we'll, we'll, we'll bring them on. Yeah, that would be great. So, yeah, if there's someone in the audience who would like to be a sponsor for this three-hour telethon, <coughs> it is going to reach a lot of people. I think something like two and a half million people will be reached by this telethon um it's broadcast over robert's network and bright and brighty on tv mm-hmm. and then also what there's another network too mdx something yeah i can't I, there's a few others that are going to simulcast it we're going to reach out a huge audience to get the message of uh health freedom of course that's a fundamental part of what we've done for years together as well and 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 larger exploration of your platform your various uh, perspectives on what you would do because uh, you're an unusual candidate, not because you're not an alien. Wait, you are an alien. I'm confused. No, uh, but because you actually have principled stances and can communicate very clearly the reason for those stances and also historical perspectives and contemporary uh, relationships to those things. That is the, the, the ultimate what we call breath of fresh air. Why people when they hear you speak for the first time, are like, this is not like any politician I've ever heard because you're not a politician. You're doing this reluctantly after realizing even after you successfully beat back the bureaucratic oligarchy like FDA or take on FTC that violates freedom of speech all of the time that, you know, the legacy for your kids and one day their kids, just like I think about what we're leaving for our kids. We can't sit idly by and say, hey, if I can do something and I didn't, I don't ever want to say that to my kids that I had an opportunity to do something and I didn't do it. Correct. Yeah, that's what it's all about, Robert. It's the next generation and the generation after that. We have an obligation to leave them with the freedom that we enjoyed and and really greater protection. Uh, that was the sacred fire of liberty that George Washington talked about. It was, I mean, every, every uh, great president has talked about the legacy of liberty and the necessity of pr- protecting that for future generations. And so, I mean, it was Ronald Reagan who said that Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We did not inherit it in the bloodstream, and we must protect it and ensure that each future generation has it. Uh, or in our sunset years, we would have to say that what it was once like to be in America when it was free. Right. We don't want to be in a position of losing freedom because getting it back is very, very tough. Yeah. And uh, losing it is comparatively easy. You can lose it. Just, you know, look what they did with us during the pandemic. They caused us to give up our freedoms. They caused people to be afraid and based on fear to do whatever the government told them to do, even if it was to take a jab that was against their interest. They didn't know it was against their interest. They bought the propaganda. And, you know, that's the thing with freedom of speech and for all of our rights. The great thing that comes out of that is that not only are our interests protected, But in the protection of those interests, we end up being able to become the greatest people on earth because we are sovereign as opposed to the government being sovereign. And the government serves us instead of us being the government servant. And it's that move to make us the government servant and to deny us our rights in the process that's underway right now. That's what these people like Tim Kaine and Joe Biden and the and the Democrat leadership in the Senate 
and in the house, that's what they want. They want to be able to sit there, dictate to you what you will do with your lives, all the while reaping in all of the, the your tax dollars. <clears throat> in the end, what happens? You pay them to enslave you. I've always found that to be when I realized woke up one day or over a course of a lot of study after graduating from university level, I had to be deprogrammed from a lot of the things that were taught to me in school book schools that were clearly wrong or diminished our, let's say, the freedom that was the essence of uh, our very creation. And uh, they, you know, deceived us and deceived so many of our friends and family, loved ones, even some we thought weren't, we found out were during the COVID uh, situation where a lot of uh, families were split up, friends, other things where you found out or maybe they weren't as committed to the principles of freedom because they could be frightened away from it. And, you know, much like the uh, illusory declarations of emergency, there is no escape clause in the Constitution, like <clears throat> even the New Mexico governor is trying to pretend. Well, this is an emergency. Well, if, if that's all it took, then why even have a Constitution? Right. Yeah, well, there's, there's, no, you know, there's no provision for uh, um, eliminating the Bill of Rights based on exigent circumstances like an emergency. Right. Um, the Bill of Rights stands, and that was the whole purpose of the Bill of Rights. You know, the Constitution itself, according to Madison, was itself a Bill of Rights, simply because it only provided the federal government with expressly delegated powers, all other powers being reserved to the people and, and uh, to the states. But when it comes to the addition of a Bill of Rights, it's even a more fulsome protection and, and assurance to the public that this government does not have a power to invade your rights. So when someone like this uh, governor of New Mexico presumes that she can, with the wave of a wand, declare your Second Amendment rights gone, um, she learned a, a lesson that I'm so glad she did have to learn from a federal court that no, you cannot dispense with people's rights. You right. can't do that as governor. You have no executive power to declare people's rights gone. Mm -hmm. You have to live by the restrictions of the Constitution upon your power. So that was a good lesson that she learned. I don't think she probably learned much because she appears not to accept it. But nevertheless, you know, she might have to be constrained further by federal courts and injunctions to have her respect the Constitution. I would say to her, first thing you ought to do is uh, just read the Constitution. That's a good start. Just read it. And then maybe after that, she could come on the show with us, Robert, and we could talk about yeah. what the Constitution means. I would have her on the show. Yeah. I, I have a question for you, Jonathan. Um, do you think that because we have such a, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this in a way you'll, you'll understand what I'm doing because we have such a rich history. Like I'm going to speak like politicians. Yeah, go ahead. Because we have such a rich history in creating beneficial laws to protect citizens. And we, Effect now I'm stopping that we effectively create law through the opposite branch that should be creating law and they I think are so used to creating law to push forward their agenda that they truly are misunderstanding or or, or don't want to understand the power the actual Constitution does have in our country. Do you really believe that that's what's happening is they, they just are, are so used to making laws for their needs to do to control people and use these kind of ideas of emergency this and emergency that to, to subject citizens to their desires 
<clears throat> that they don't understand the Constitution and the power that it holds. Yeah, the, the Founding Fathers knew that the structure they created was very nearly perfect. And they knew that uh, ensuring the protection for individual rights had to be the very purpose of the government. But they also knew that there would be people who would come from time to time and would try to use power it, that they achieve, uh, obtained in government to benefit themselves. They knew that people were driven by self-interest. They would come into government and they would abuse power. They expected it right off the bat. Thomas Jefferson said you had to bleed the tree of liberty every 14 years. He anticipated it quite quickly. James Madison did as well. It was the Alien Sedition Acts that came to us in 1798. So we had the first major violation of the First Amendment right after it had been adopted by as a part of the Constitution. So um, uh, the threat to uh, liberty has always been there. Jefferson said, I am not a friend to a very energetic government. It is always oppressive. Uh, he was talking about there being too many parasites sucking the life's blood out of the government when he when he said in the executive branch as he sat as president that they had a few more aides than he had anticipated and he thought that was an abuse of the taxpayers boy oh boy what if he had whole departments what if he had over 250 federal agencies bureaus and departments jefferson's head would be spinning he would be saying this is not a republic <clears throat> This is a bureaucratic oligarchy. He would have accepted right. yeah. that. That's modern language. He would have to learn bureaucratic oligarchy, but yeah. he, would, he would accept the meaning. And they understood, by the way, from the history with James, with George, George uh, the Third, that uh, ministers, government uh, bureaucrats, uh, agents, um, uh, were the greatest threat to liberty. They understood that general warrants, which were administrative warrants posed a huge threat to our uh, liberty and they forbade it in the fourth amendment to the constitution and yet here it is today being used by the administrative state constantly uh, so you know um i think what 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 we'd have to say is that those who think that power is good uh when wielded by government have failed to gain an education in the principles that underlie the constitution or if they have an education as to those principles and prefer totalitarianism over them, they have no faith in the people. They have no trust in liberty. They have no belief in uh, what has what has proven to the world over and over again to be the superior mm -hmm. system, which is when you trust in individual liberty and you give sovereignty to people and not retain it in government, you, you end up with the greatest, most productive society and most beneficial society. Mm -hmm. But when you, what we're doing right now with the energy, when you have the government say everybody's going to own an electric car, that all fossil fuels are going to be eliminated, when they presume to plan the future, they always fail. Because, first of all, they cannot foresee innovation. And they presume what they know to be fact and to be eternal. And they're going to lock us in uh, to windmills, solar panels, and electric cars. And that on its face to any educated person in the energy field is an utter disaster, an uneconomic, ruinous course. <clears throat> and that's typical, though, of government planning. I mean, how many federally funded green energy projects have gone belly up 
and they've gone belly up even with federal subsidies. Yeah. They're uneconomic. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, we are a perfect hemorrhage of cash. That's that's what our bloated government has become as, you know, such a huge cash suck. Mm -hmm. Well, so you and said so George, George Washington of money way beyond the receipts. So right. we have $2 trillion deficit this year. We have $33 trillion debt. It's unsustainable after about $28 trillion. No way you can sustain it. That $33 trillion you watch by the end of the Biden administration is going to be nearing $40 trillion. Yeah, the uh, energetic uh, government that we were warned against is destroying the very essence of our ability to be energetic, right, by stealing our energy, robbing us of access to energy, much less our freedom, for instance, in the natural products world where we've operated for decades, realizing how little freedom of speech we've had here for a long time before people realized it in the medical community more severely during COVID as the good doctors spoke out about these things and were meeting the same level of censorship or threats of loss of, of uh, freedom even, much less their license or access to money. Uh, we've seen uh, through uh, more tendencies to digitize the currency to basically enslave you uh, because of your dependence to work for whatever they say you have to work for, that suddenly your opinion is the wrong opinion. You're, what, what, when, what about if your religion is the, the wrong religion, right? They, they, you know, suddenly now we have a distinction between, oh, that one's right, that one's wrong, or the fact that they attack you if you have a religious belief that they say goes against the woke ideology of something that doesn't even recognize the limitations of a constitution on the behavior of those in government, like that New Mexico governor or others that say, hey, we'll just keep declaring emergencies and maybe the courts will beat us back. And it's not a good idea to wait for the courts, even though sometimes they do make the right decision. But like with the uh, uh, the sheriff there right there in New Mexico says, I'm not going to enforce it. And also the individuals, each of us who might not be sheriffs, say, I'm not going to uh, uh, absolutely actually uh, um, abide by that because it's unconstitutional. Now, there may be consequences if there's a sheriff that violates his oath yeah. and arrests you for it. But at a certain point, as I said, we've got the decisions for the long... That Say that again? But there may also be consequences to that sheriff. So that's the one yeah. thing you have to remember. When these government officials swear an oath to uphold the Constitution, mm -hmm. that is a very significant and weighty thing. That's why the reporter's question to the governor of uh, New Mexico was so significant when that when that reporter said, you swore an oath to the uphold the Constitution. How can you do this? It's a very good question. You did swear an oath to uphold the Constitution. It's not up to you to unilaterally change the Constitution. That's the right of the people. Yeah. So, you know, once again, it's this, <clears throat> this arrogance that she thinks that she can sit there and with the with the with the with the, the swipe of a pen, eliminate your rights. Well, you know what? She's coming to learn, fortunately from a federal court, that you don't have that power. You may think you have power to do anything you want. Well, you're in for a real rude awakening because you're bound by the constitution of your state and of the United States. Right, yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, and I, I, I agree. I think that <clears throat> I think we're all going to see in the next year some crazy making and we're going to see um, how many people stand up for what's right. I think we're going to see the Constitution being the greatest blessing of God that we have as a people for our safety, for our sanity 
and for our inalienable inalienable rights, rights. not I mean, alienable yeah right inalienable <laughs> rights and so you know it's incredible yeah yeah this is uh you know the the uh the recognition that the document itself can't do anything unless the people stand up in defense of it correct and we have gotten i think and i'm not accusing anybody here of that but i'm just saying in general we have become so lazy because we had it easy yeah. in our generations relative to those that came before us yeah and we didn't appreciate or respect what it takes to defend it and you know again god bless you jonathan for standing up and and not you know going hey man this is just too much i can't do it and you're like uh-uh if i'm here if i'm breathing i'm gonna make sure we can reestablish what we believe is is right correct and lawful and of course constitutional and um if we don't defend it now then it becomes something that we've read about in the history books when we talk about a bloody revolution and That's those right. don't end up often as pretty uh, or ever as pretty, but I mean, it was a rare thing to have a revolution like in our history and, and mm -hmm. end up with freedom, more freedom or any freedom at all. Typically, revolutions end in, t in more tyranny. And so the question yeah, is, there's never been a revolution like the American Revolution before or since the American Revolution. Right. Thomas Jefferson said this ball of liberty will roll around the world. And he was right, it did. And many nations tried to replicate the American Revolution, but none succeeded. And your point is well taken, Robert. When you have a revolution, the ordinary course is for greater centralization of power afterwards, because those who promise things to the public frequently deny the public the promised benefits in order to enhance their own power. And that's been the history of the world. It was only here in this country that this combination really truly divine of yes. founding fathers who abnegated power, who didn't want to keep power, George Washington, after the American Revolution was heralded all across the world as the great commander who had defeated the mightiest army in the world, the British Empire, the British Army. And he, and he was really in a position to capitalize on that. He could have become a dictator very easily, could have been a king of America. Well, people begged him to stay. They didn't want him to leave. Yeah. They were referring to him as his royal highness. I mean, they were right. referring to him with anticipation that he would seize all this power. But there he goes to Annapolis. He gives up his sword. He says he's retiring. He goes to Mount Vernon to live in a life of retirement. And I was called back to be president. But when, when George III heard this, uh, when, uh, when his, his American portrait artist was there, he asked that portrait artist, he said, well, now that the war is over, what will become of George Washington? And that artist said to him, uh, I believe he said that he will retire, that his purpose now is to uh, give up his ambitions in the military and to instead retire to Mount Vernon, his farm. And George III said, supposedly in response to that, and if he does that, he will be the greatest man in the world. And the reason why he would say that is simple, that no one that George III would ever encounter who is in a position to acquire enormous power and live a life of luxury at the expense of every other person would dare give that up. But then here's George Washington who did that very thing. And in the mind of George III, who is sensible of uh, morality and sensible of, of uh, religion and so on, um, and ethics, uh, that was a, 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 an achievement greater than he could ever himself endure. So then he made those that statement that will make him the greatest man in the world. <clears throat>
historically un unprecedented uh, things happen in, in the dawning of this country. And, and of course, what we see now in the decline, unfortunately, is not historically precedent. It's not a precedent. It's something that has been the history of governments and men in government who just decided, you know what, this is not a godly pursuit. This is a pursuit of power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's another uh, reason why I love Jonathan so much, because I've known him for, I don't yeah. know, 25 plus years or longer. Yeah. And you see somebody walk a path right. and not stray from that path. Right. And there are too many people that will just come onto the scene and go, I'm going to say what I think the platitudes that people want to hear. Right. And go in and completely destroy even further uh, the beauty, the essence of this country. And this is why I, this, is, this is me doing a campaign thing right now, Jonathan. This is why we must get Jonathan E. Mord in the United States Senate to impact positively those who are some. There are a few that are really good that I can't wait for Jonathan to work with. It's going to be amazing. But there are others that are on the fence and they'll go where the wind blows. Much right. like at the dawn of America, it wasn't like the vast majority all wanted freedom from the king. Right. But <clears> once <throat> the wind started blowing that direction, they were like, OK, I'm all in. So, well, and, and isn't it true? Like you have people like right now that are leaving California because of all the horrible things and they go somewhere else and they want to do the same thing. The people left England and they came back and how many of them wanted the same thing at the end of it? Well, we just didn't want that same thing, but we're happy to create another same thing. If I'm part of the creation, because that means I get wealth, right? The unfortunate part is I'd love to see us do away with our two-party system i'd love us to just have people run on their own merits yeah i would love to have this country go back to what it was when we said you know let's have in let's be governed by ourselves by the people and and have good bright loving people who come in for a period of time and then go out because we're just wanting to serve one another I think we're past that point, and unfortunately, it's become definitely a career path for most because they have lifetime benefits when they come in and work for a few years. I mean, it's better than the military. It's better than anything else. You, you can't get a retirement plan better anywhere else. So long story short, I'm excited for Jonathan. I will do everything in my power to help support Jonathan get elected because it's men like this mm -hmm. that we need into our system. Yep. Yeah. And Jonathan knows that even if he's elected, as we've talked about, even if Ron Paul were president, it's not over. It doesn't know it, it just begins the, the process. Beginning. Right. Of restoring what we've, we're talking about here. That's been lost to so many by example. We must lead by example. Right. And, and that's where, you know, seeing someone like Jonathan get in there, a man of great example over mm -hmm. decades of consistency. It's not just a po put your finger to the wind and go, oh, I think I, I think people want to hear this now. Right. We need that distinct difference. And that's where Jonathan's at. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. One of the really frustrating things is to see politicians who will do nothing that they think may be politically unpopular at the moment, even if it's essential for the survival or, or success of liberty or defense of our constitution. So you see people who just flee from the idea of an electoral college because popular will may suddenly in one moment or another rise up and say, hey, we don't want an electoral college. Well, that's a fundamental safeguard against uh, unlimited democracy. Mm -hmm. uh, our founding fathers created a republic, not a democracy. Right. Democracy, they understood, could devolve into mob rule, and they right. feared uh, the rule of the masses at, based on emotional factors that would cause uh, reactions that were irrational and not well thought out. They meant for a deliberative 
government. They meant for a government that was so restricted in its powers, leaving the people sovereign and free, that it could never trench upon their rights. Mm -hmm. And they knew that that was a dream, that was an ideal. They knew they captured it in a constitution principally. Alexander Hamilton, when asked about whether this was the best constitution possible, he said it was the best that man could make. It wasn't necessarily the best in, in ever conceivable, but it was the best that they could do. And he was happy with that. And so, you know, it's a situation where if we go back to those founding principles, recur to them again and again, and ensure that they're honored and protected, and make sure that the Constitution is not something that is that is either ignored or reinterpreted to meet any new exigency uh, based on some new liberal ethic, we should be fine. I mean, we should be in a position of greatness where we have trusted in the will of the people Mm -hmm. and in protecting their rights. And when we have, we've been the most prosperous nation on earth. We've had the greatest standard of living. We've had the best uh, freedom so much so that the world has envied that freedom. Every person, even a dictator of a foreign country, will look at the United States and marvel at the extent of liberty that is enjoyed and how successful a country we are. They may not like us. They may want to destroy us but they couldn't help but admire us. Mm -hmm. And the problem that we have now is that rather than protect those things that have made us great, we have people working in this country to destroy those things, intentionally destroy them, to render our country not a uh, bat, you know, a city upon a hill, a beacon of light for a world in darkness, as John Winthrop of the Massachusetts Bay Colony put it, but instead to be a pedestrian country, exactly like every other country, a country not uh, unique in its protection of liberty, a country whose borders are open to anyone in the world who wishes to enter, regardless of what their political views are, regardless of whether they hold allegiance to a foreign country and not to the United States, even to the extent of allowing terrorists to come into this country. So these are evils that are at, at work destroying what is, as Abraham Lincoln put it, the last best hope for freedom on earth. Once it's gone here, it is nowhere else. Yeah, there's there nowhere no for us no. go. That's why it, it, this country is worth fighting for. Uh, and we say that warts and all because, you know, we're not above and beyond looking at ourselves and reflecting and going, you know what? We've fallen short of those principles. We want to own up to that and do better. Yeah, uh, that's just, you know, the, part of our experience is human beings on this planet. But uh, the, the setup that the founders gave us a gift, I believe, inspired by God, no less. Uh, and how else would they acknowledge that our rights come from God, not government? Well, and I personally believe that's why the revolution happened. That's why it was successful. And that's why they're the only one, because I believe that we had help beyond ourselves. And that's the only reason. Yeah. And if we're not abducted by aliens, we'll be back tomorrow <laughs> with more powerful healing. And Jonathan, uh, remind everybody your website so they can come and, and support you, donate. And again, be back for the Monday show, even though we'll be back here tomorrow. But you'll be on. We'll be three hours of a massive telethon simulcasting. Emord4VA.com, right? Right. So everybody get ready. I mean, if you have $3.75, put it aside. Get it ready because you need to donate to this campaign. We're going to save America. This is what this is all about. And together we can do that. I can't do it alone, 
but all those donations that come in, they make a huge difference in what we can do. Our message only reaches the public if people donate to support that message being able to reach the public. So it's all up to you. It's up to me. It's up to you. We have to do this thing together. All right. Well, Jonathan, looking forward to seeing you soon with your wife. And uh, we're going to have a great time on your yeah. tour. And, uh, you know, and it's OK, Robert, if one of those aliens, you know, if you befriend them, uh, don't if they want if they want to abduct you, just think a little bit about that. That's not so good. But <laughs> if you if they'll allow you to abduct them. Oh, OK. Now, yeah. and, and then they can come over. We can stay at Paul's place and we have a really good time. Yeah, yeah, especially if they're good with technology, you know, it'll help. So and they should be. All right, Jonathan, God bless you. Big hugs to Cheryl and the kids. And we'll see you soon and uh, back good. on the show yeah. on Monday. Yeah, dude, that, we love it. that was awesome. All right. Yeah. We had a whole other hour of broadcast healing here from Las Vegas. My buddy Paul Baratero is here. Do you want to hang out a little more? You have a run. You got to set things up. Totally flexible. They're setting things. They're setting Oh, I love it. So we can hang out some more. Maybe we'll have some other special guests pop in in the second hour. But, I'm going to uh, go get some water. Okay, come see us at the Biomed Expo, biomedexpo.com, and we'll be back with Hour 2 after this because the power to heal is yours. All right, hour two commences. I'm still here, not abducted. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of alien jokes. Uh, I think this is a serious subject matter. Uh, we got aliens coming across the border. I, who cares the ones from outer space <laughs> or other dimensions? Uh, Super Don, we're here having a good time already. That was fun. I didn't know Paul would be here. That was really a, a nice surprise to join us uh, in hour one with uh, Jonathan Emord. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. I, I like surprises. I don't know about you. I mean, sometimes, you know, like, oh, no, surprise. Uh, it depends but, on the surprise. But. I, oh, well, okay. Yes, you, you can classify that uh, appropriately. There are surprises. You're like, I'd rather not have that one. But uh, when we have these remote uh, broadcasts and we get surprise guests, that's for me. That's that's a lot of fun. I enjoy that. And that was a good hour. We do have another homeopathic hit. Uh, anybody complaining about the homeopathic hits? Too much homeopathy. Stop it. I'm just overwhelmed. I'm overdosing. Yes, no. Uh, you Maybe. can't overdose on homeopathy, so. Ooh, good point, Super Don. Man, yeah. dude, I can't I can't get anything by you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, uh, just just to uh, uh, move into a, a, a different uh, area that we don't normally talk about, even though you guys have been cracking jokes left and right about it. Yes. Interesting timing. Did you see that? Um, let me make sure I've got this lined up correctly on the screen, but. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, there was some kind of like press conference thing that happened in Mexico. Yeah. And they apparently are claiming that they have found these aliens, mummified aliens from some place in Mexico or Peru. No, actually, it was Peru, well, Peru. Uh, that they found in Peru mm -hmm. uh, that are they're They're mummified. They're supposed to be a thousand years old. Wow. And uh they had like two of them. They were like in two little like coffins or like little boxes so or something like that. So where have they been hiding for a thousand years? Do you know? They were they were in some like tomb or pyramid or something. I, I you know so where they, they, they. You're telling me this is a recent excavation discovery? Yes, yes. Oh. And so good. they're saying they're saying that it, that the uh, they did uh, DNA testing mm -hmm. 
on these things and there's like 30% non-human DNA uh, that they found in them. And uh, how did they yeah, find I, that? I, I, I have no idea. I do. Okay. I couldn't tell you. But uh, we anyway, need to get Dr. Jack on James Lyons Wilder from IPAC. What is it? 30 percent non-human DNA. Are they saying it's not uh, it related to any uh, earth earthbound animals? Yeah, either? exactly. Yeah, that's what they're saying, that it's not uh, not from here. What? what so, all right. So all jokes aside for the moment, are, are you? feeling like there might be some legitimacy to the story i don't believe it but i it's interesting uh that it just happened to happen part of it that you don't believe that's i'm asking seriously because i i I haven't a chance to review this yet well i mean how many times have we seen you know stuff like this that's popped up here it's a hoax ends up being a hoax yeah exactly so you know i just i i'm not saying that i don't believe the alien life exists but i think it's awfully interesting why you know why they always look the same (laughs) It looks like a little mini ET, you know. Right. It's like it, it, it seems. It seems very uh, typical, right? It fits the, fits the stereotype. The bill. Yeah. yeah, but anyway. So there was that, and then I, I think uh, the government came out with some report today um, about UFOs, and they're saying that uh, they don't have any explanation. Which you know, it's like yay. Thank you for, for, you know, telling yeah, us that you us still a, don't think. Give us some information we can go on. Uh, we yeah. don't have enough information. We don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. UFO findings negative. But if you see something, say something, they say. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. But yeah, anyway, I guess they've, they've created a new, yeah. a new uh, office or a new uh, uh, position for this guy to be. He's like the UFO chief or the UFO czar or something. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway. Well, there you go. You'll have to go get you have to walk over next door and see what it is they actually are doing over there. Yeah, I will. And maybe we'll get some fun pictures. But Super D, the the idea of see something, say something. Think about in the in in the 20th century or even maybe a little bit now, those who see something and say something over the course of our recent history have been ridiculed. I know. But I mean, if you think about it, it's just like it's it's like the people that are looking for Bigfoot, you know, it's like every once in a while, somebody like, oh, look, I have proof, you know, and it's like the worst picture from a camera that anybody could possibly take. Yeah, it's blurry and grainy and you can't see anything. And, and that's how it's been up until just recently with UFOs. Yeah. That we were talking about this the other day where now we've got video footage that, from the military and, you know, military jets and and stuff like that. And it's you still can't make out what exactly it is. But it's something, and it's weird, and it's doing stuff that it should not be able to do, and it defies physics in the way that it moves and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's something strange going on. Uh, but at this point, they can't. Well, I guess what they're saying is that there's no proof that it's extraterrestrial what's going on. Mm-hmm. But my question would be, what is it? How, how do you have something define physics if it's not extraterrestrial? Unless well, there's like some kind of, of technology that someone has developed that just they just haven't told us about. Uh, that we aren't aware of where they've got things flying around and diving into the ocean and coming out and all that stuff. I don't know. Well, I mean, what about if not extraterrestrial, then extra dimensional? I mean, we have to think in terms of not just well, space. Okay. I mean, I, you know, yeah. where, where is the basis of the phenomenon of, uh, 
uh, of these things. I mean, could they be psychic phenomenon, you know, a, a phenomenon on a different level of vibration that is not necessarily purely physical, although with the claims that we're seeing here is they're saying, no, no, we actually have physical bodies that we can DNA analyze and 30% of this DNA is non-human. So what 70% is, are they descendants of us? Are we descendants of them? What you know, brings up all of those questions, doesn't it? I don't know. You need to go next door. Okay. All right. Well, that's, I'm sure they're talking about it. I'm sure yeah. they're buzzing about it. You know, what we do know is that there are things that we still have to do here, regardless of, of the presence or absence of aliens. And, uh, one of those things, I think, in terms of the sciences is grounding ourselves in, in good scientific methodology when we're investigating the unexplained or the unknown. And I really appreciate Dr. James Lyons-Weiler sincerely about him bringing back the integrity to what I call the scientific endeavor, inquiry, and learning and teaching. And if you haven't checked out the courses at ipac-edu.org, um, you know, for those of you who say, oh, I'm not a science guy, right? Maybe you aren't, but you don't have to be to get some of these basics that they're teaching and some other advanced courses that you might have taken and thought, well, that sucked. I didn't learn a thing. And you want to go back and learn about these things like genetics. And finally, you'll go, oh, that's what they never taught it that way. And you'll get it now. And all of these courses are extraordinarily affordable and they will help you to better yourself as you're moving forward and out into the world and want to understand the world and be able to communicate what it's all about. So this is a big part of why I support what uh, Dr. Jack is doing in IPAC, ipac-edu.org. And again, these courses are phenomenal. Uh, they're not just on, you know, well, let's say one aspect or another aspect of science. There's stuff on history. Uh, and it's just amazing the, uh, the many, many things that you can tap into. So go to ipac-edu.org and, and take a course or two and share it. Or, hey, you know what? Gifts giving season should be all the time, but it tends to be toward the end of the year. Uh, you want to give some the gift of a scholarship to some of these courses. It'll help anybody who takes it will be better by it. So I just want to say thanks, Dr. Jack. Appreciate you so much. Uh, also, uh, we are at the Biomed Expo, uh, biomedexpo.com. I'll be uh, after the show today, I'll probably be doing uh, a little bit introduction to stuff. And I, I think I'm going to lead a panel discussion uh, with some of the docs, maybe even Paul, who's now a doctor, now a, a traditional naturopath, Paul Bertiero. Uh, so he's here as well. We got Tracy Slepsevic, the uh, uh, the warrior mom. I think they're set up behind me. I don't know if we'll get Tracy on uh, today or not, hopefully. Uh, and a lot of other good folks are here, and we're going to have some fun uh, interacting. My wife is here with me, which is fun, too. We get to actually uh, you know, see things through uh, our combined eyes, right? I usually have to come back and try to describe what happened, or she sees it because she sees me on my show doing a live broadcast from an event. And so she's... She's helping me to, uh, I think, stay functional and alive while I'm here and not get abducted. I have a think she'll be my bodyguard, too. Uh, but <laughs> that, that was it. When you traveled with your wife years ago when we went to the, those events, she was, like, watching out for you, making sure no one took you. Was she? I think so. I, I think didn't notice. So. She was locked in. Like, don't, be t don't be grabbing on my Super Don. She was, she was selling books. She was, yeah. too. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> right. It was early on when uh, Unlock the Power. It was the fairly new. Yeah. We added the uh, cannabis uh, chapters and we were out there uh, in a number of events at the time. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was we made some history there, you know, bringing cannabis back to America and the hemp, the hemp uh, side of things, at least. initially. Yeah, she was making the rounds there at the Cannabis Cup in Denver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bringing bringing so, us back goodies. I'm just remembering that because I think on that trip, my wife was not with me. So it's not fair. You had your wife. Again. Yeah. It's all right. That was fun. It's a fun met. It was a good, fun. good memory. It, 
Nice. All, All right. right. What do we want to do this hour? What else you want to do this? Hour? I know we got a homeopathic hit uh, that's coming up, and those have been popular. Uh, you can download uh, for free. I don't know why we're doing it for free, Super Don. You're very generous. If it were up to me, I'd be selling it for a zillion, bazillion whatevers. But not, I'm just kidding. I'm glad we can do this. But if you feel so inclined and so moved by Super Don's generosity, you can join us on Patreon. Become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show. You can also uh, basically share the show. That's another way to help us as well. Share the social media posts and things, and that helps us to reach more folks and uh, get more eyes and ears on it. And that gets to support those that are uh, supporting this message, including uh, my friend Bobri, who I haven't seen yet, who's going to be here from Folium, foliumpx.com. You get a 10% discount with the code RSB10. And this is something that is our, your next level, if you will, antioxidant, Chernobyl-level antioxidant, getting my mom back on the dance floor at 89 and doing so much wonderful wonderful things for your body to recover. And uh, Bobri has said this you know, a couple of days ago. I, I keep saying this, and I haven't gotten an answer, but you guys figure it out. He said, if you want a year supply of folium, he'll give you 25% off. Again, you'll have to talk with Bobri about that. Maybe I'll pin him down and find out what that is. But still, if you're investing in your health, that's a great investment. We'll also have Nutritional Frontiers here. I've seen some of the crew that's going to be exhibiting at this event. There'll be all kinds of samples you can try, and we'll probably be uh, loading up on them as well while we're here. And you can go to nutritionalfrontiers.com, use the code RSB15, get 15% off anything you order, including those things that are on sale, and their cbdnf.com website, which is for their certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD, including the transdermal, which is out of this world as it goes into your body. <laughs> no, it's not a probe. It's not an alien probe. It is, in fact, CBD, transdermally delivered to give you comfort, to relieve you of uh, pain, stress, anxiety. How was that? That was pretty cool, huh? You like that? You you, you even, worked that in well, yes. Are you even listening? Alien jokes, subduction jokes. We gotta have yes. gotta lighten up. Lighten up, people. Indeed. All right. So how about some news? We also we also gotta detoxify, don't we? We do. That's part of the antioxidant uh, blend that is folium. But um, there's a story here, and it's in the show notes. Super Don has got it up there, uh, and it's in our blood. Again, here we talk about what's in your blood. Alien probes? No. How the U.S. government allowed toxic chemicals to seep into our lives. And it's something I've been at and talking about for decades as well. That the problem with what ails us isn't that we're unlucky or that we have bad genes. It's that we have allowed toxic poisons to enter us through food, water, and air approved by government, or at the very least look the other way when government is called to the carpet because they are owned and controlled by those companies that bought the regulators. So you have an EPA that defends polluters. You have an FDA that defends uh, those drug companies that are adulterating and tox intoxicating Americans. Uh, you name the agency. You have a Department of Education that is dumbing down uh, the people of America. Uh, you do have a Department of Energy that's contributing and reduction of all energy accessibility. And on and on it goes, all the way out of the executive branch. It's easy to buy and control and capture these agencies. And so we got the PFOAs. Uh, we got mercury and Dude, aluminum. Dude, look at this first. Look at happening. this first paragraph. I mean, if the, if yeah. you, you read that, I, <laughs> I I just don't get it. Experts say that the majority of the eighty six thousand consumer chemicals registered with the EPA get this. Mm -hmm have never received vigorous toxicity testing. Yeah. What? And what have, what have they called people like me, Super Don? Quacks for pointing out that we need to detoxify. 
the skeptics, oh, detoxification, that's just, you well, know, these people are, are absolute losers is it, are, in, in their outlook. Isn't that what, it, it's, it's the EPA, it's the Environmental Protection Agency. It's a, the protection, yeah. it's, in the, it's in the name of the, of the, the agency. They're not protecting the environment, they're protecting what? the industry from us. How, how does up. this stuff get through? Mm-hmm. If it's, it's never, now, of course, maybe the key word here is vigorous. They've never received vigorous toxicity yeah. test, testing. So what does that mean? They I, just, they looked at it and they said, oh, that doesn't look bad. And then they passed <laughs> well, Yeah, we, we looked at it for a week and uh, it seemed okay. So yeah, go ahead and, and we'll just uh, have millions of people just, uh, you know, consume this or, or, yeah. or rub it on their skin or, or wear it or, or whatever. You know, this Granted, is the thing. This has been my rant for, for a long yeah. time where it's just, you know, we're, we're ultimately k- killing ourselves. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's just, it's inevitable, you know, and, and, and people wonder why. why. Why are the rates of autism going up? Why are our kids hitting puberty early? <laughs> Why are people getting cancer? So many can we, you know, we're, we're going to cure cancer by creating a drug to cure cancer mm-hmm. instead of taking a look at maybe, I don't know, uh, most, burden, most of, right? most yeah. of 86,000 consumer chemicals that never received vigorous toxicity testing. Yeah. Could that maybe have something to do with it? Maybe. Hmm. Uh, Super D, there wasn't a time when you didn't know about this stuff, right? Your whole life you were there aware. Totally. Of yeah, of course there was, you know? So, I bring this up again because <laughs> there is, I guess you could say ignorance of the law is no excuse when you hear that. But um, when we talk about ignorance of toxicity, where you don't know that you're eating, you know, fast food uh, with chemically, chemically laced with all kinds of things, including PFOAs, plastics and <clears throat> environmental uh, toxins, pesticides, et cetera. And then you end up with a cancer diagnosis and even worse when it's a child that with a diagnosis and the docs just go, we don't know why. But here, take this toxic chemical for your child. And if you decide not to take it, we're going to take your child from you and force them to have it. Yeah. So we have an entire uh, agenda in this country where our government on every level from federal, state and local are invested in poisoning us, intoxicating us for profit. And, and I don't know that everybody's engaged overtly, you know, that many of them are operating in ignorance of this, too. I acknowledge it. But still, if in ignorance you could be killed by their ignorance, is that an excuse to give them a pass? Yo, you're ignorant poisoning me, so I'm just going to let let it pass. You can keep poisoning me. Or you go, ah, yeah. I, ain't, I ain't let you poison me. No, you're right. You know, you know, the question is, though, where's which poison are we are we going to focus on talking about? Yeah, uh, it's gotten to the point, and, and I don't mean to be a defeatist here. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, let's just think about this for a second, Robert. You know, the uh, the the. Um, the, the, the windsock on the microphone of your headset there that's made out of, of some sort of petroleum product or something like that. What kind of chemical is in that right now? Yeah, probably. What, what about the flame time. retardant in the, the tablecloth on the table that you're sitting at right now or the seat cushion that you're sitting in right now? How about this stupid thing that I'm sitting here putting my mouth on as I'm talking right? or whatever? We're surrounded by this stuff. And so this is the reason why I feel like the next, the next uh, uh, addition to this show is has got to be about detoxification and this is why i've i've zeroed in on on creating a segment for the show called detox dialogues because nice it's like if you 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 can't help it unless you are living in a cave 
uh, on a mountain somewhere. And even then, we covered a story a few months ago that I, I've n- I will never forget. Where it's like, you know, we have this this fantasy in our in our minds, right? You know, that's like, oh, if we just get away from the city, we'll just hike off into the mountains, you know, to some some crystal clear lake somewhere several miles into the wilderness, and we'll be free and safe, you know, from, from the world. So like that. Unfortunately, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. They have tested the water in these places, these remote locations, stuff like that, and it's everywhere at this point. You know, we have we have more or less just we've we've shared the wealth with with with, with all of the trees and the plants and the water and stuff like yeah. that globally. So so if if you aren't doing something, yeah, some kind of detoxification something like that, it, it's not going to end well for you. And are, so I think you, it's important that we we focus on that. Are you? Are you but that means you're arguing not to give up. Well, you know, it, it can be very hard to, to just go, well, you know, what's the point? You know, I mean, it's just like it's all around me and stuff like that. But, you know, I guess it depends. If you want to stick around for a while, mm-hmm. then you got you to gotta do something. And I think detoxification is something that's extremely important because we, we, we over the years, uh, we have surrounded ourselves with, I mean, this shirt that I'm wearing, I have no idea what's in this. Mm-hmm. This damn thing was made in China, you know. I mean, <laughs> well, remember we used to make fun of our buddy Chris Barr, who always wore the hemp cloth clothing, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I'm just saying that everybody's got their thing that they're going to go. I'm going to look the other way here, but not here, 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 and here. Right? Sure, sure. So if if you want to call me a hypocrite, uh, I'm wearing a cotton shirt, but it's probably not certified organic. But it's no. an awesome shirt. It says the power to heal is yours. Thanks to Allison. That's right. Um, so that that cancels it out. So. I guess, you know, I don't try to be judgy of people, but I try to inspire people to do better. And right. you know, recently, you know, my concern has been about, you know, finding your mission and purpose has always been part of this show. But once you find it and you are all in, you know, it's a God thing for you. But then you neglect to take care of yourself. I think by by nature, the closer you are to creation and the creator, you would want to care for yourself and others even more. And I realized some people say, well, I don't have time for myself. i got to save the world. But you're not going to be long for this world if you don't also save yourself first or, or concurrently at the same time. So it's important to take that time. And, you know, it's like Jonathan Emord deciding to run for the U.S. Senate. Dude, he didn't have to do that. He's been top flight attorney, making good money, making good investments, and a nice house, wonderful wife, kids, and everything. And he looks and says, I can't let this one go. I can't let this go by. And so his purpose and mission, of course, is very clear. And we support him in that. At the same time, when you talk about all the toxic chemicals, a lot of people do give up and say, well, what's the point of eating organic? It's also a little bit contaminated, too. Or what's the point of not going to the fast food? You know, I'll do all this stuff. It's everywhere. And that's, a, you know, a given up scenario that I just can't condone. I, I get why I can. Under, get yeah, there. I could totally yeah. understand why somebody would do that. But, you know, I mean, let's let's uh, let's be reasonable here. I think it's um, also a product of of having such a toxicological burden in the body that it impacts our ability to act according to our beliefs when we believe it would be better to put cleaner things in. And then we find any number of excuses not to partly born of I'm just. I just don't have the energy to do it, but you don't have the energy because you know, your, your body is fighting all of this stuff. So right. you feel the way you feel and that's a real feeling. So what's the answer? The answer is you don't give up. Yeah. You reduce do, you do what you can to reduce it. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and detoxification has to be 
a, a regular a part of, of your of your of your daily yeah. routine. Your body doesn't take a break from it, and if it does, you're in trouble. Um, now, there's another article here about green products. This, this I thought was interesting. Too. Yeah, because even green products are not as clean as you think. Uh, and that's not a surprise for, for me. I mean, we've been covering yeah. these things for years. You know, I begin, people will give me super, they'll give me products. I'll say, hey, I'm taking this. And I'll, I'll read it. I'm like, well, that looks good. And then, oh my God, did you see what they put in that? And you're like, oh, but I didn't read th that far. This is a perfect example of what I was just talking about. That mm -hmm. we, you know, we as, as a, uh, a flawed race of, of, uh, uh, of life, yeah, um, have surrounded ourselves with so much that you literally cannot get away from it. And in this here, this is great because you would think what something green and fragrance free. I mean, you can't get much more safe than that, right? Yeah. Well, even at a fragrance free green level, it still emits, according to this study, four chemicals that are classified as hazardous. Mm -hmm. Now, that's better than just green that isn't fragrance-free, sure. which averaged 15 hazardous chemicals. And if you just went with the regular stuff off the shelf at Walmart, mm -hmm. it's 22 hazardous chemicals. Dude. So, yes, is four better than 22? Yeah. It you're is. Reducing, you're reducing it a little it bit. It is. But you yeah. know what? If you go fragrance-free and green, mm -hmm. and you're still emitting four hazardous chemicals, mm -hmm. we're in trouble. Well, that's where we have to take all the control we have back into our hands and realize the things we can't, we have to turn over to a higher power. But to turn everything over that we have control over to that, I think that's irresponsible. That's me. That's my perspective on that. By the way, you see, I got a spaceman walk behind me. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Look at that. Um, so just so you know, we're really here. I'm <laughs> not making it up. We're let me, go, let me go full screen there. We can see in the corner. Oh, he took his helmet off. I don't see how yeah. he's breathing. It's amazing. But, uh, and uh, I just... I liken what we talked to um, Kevin Tuttle about yesterday on the show. We got him by phone, ultimately. He's in Israel. And he's going into all these stores, and they're apparently piping in fragrances that are synthetic perfumes, not essential oils. And so, and I know that even essential oils have volatile organic compounds that they say VOCs, but not all VOCs are deadly either. And if we look at the essential oils and what they put out, it's far, far better uh, than what you do with the synthetics that can be carcinogenic and, and uh, triggering uh, anaphylaxis or other allergic reactions. Right. You know, if you've ever walked into a store with perfume, it's like, hold your breath. It's like, uh, 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 you'll start coughing if you know what's going on there. Mm. And uh, I just think that the consciousness, you know, as we talked about from in Israel, uh, at least where Kevin was going, they're not fully aware yet about that and haven't made better shifts or changes. Now, when we go to the delimiting, like with Orange Guard, as a pesticide management tool, it is certainly, uh, you know, they, they have VOCs, the delimiting has the you know, essential oil of, you know, orange, basically. Uh, and and they're, those are considered VOCs, but they're not really harmful. In fact, they can be very beneficial. Now, certain species like cats have a sensitivity to these uh, uh, citrus kind of things. So you have to be careful about that. But by and large, you know, when the argument is, well, four is better than 22, but it's still not good enough. So don't go anywhere, stay at home. No, we got to do better. And that, I think the point is four is better than 22. Reducing your burden, reducing your inflow is significant because the body has been given a great power to deal with a lot of garbage. It's amazing that we're all alive, any of us. Uh, yet as every time we reduce that burden a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, our body can pay us back 100 or 1,000 fold. So I'm not into giving up. I'm into, yeah, take one step is better than no steps. Two steps better than no steps and one step. You follow me? And little bit by little bit, you'll get cleaner and cleaner and be able to withstand 
without devolving into a cancerous situation, perhaps, that others that are overwhelmed are going to descend into. And that's not good. And, you know, I was talking with somebody this morning about, you know, they're like, you won't eat the food here? I'm like, no. It's expensive to go out and eat organic, isn't it? I was like, no, not when you price it against cancer. Like, mm-hmm. You know, someone who had never considered it that way. Taking the long view and saying, what is the best investment? The food that you eat matters, even if it's not perfectly pure. If it's a lot cleaner, your body has a lot more power to deal with a little bit that's not clean in it versus the entirety of it. So I'm saying don't give up. Every little step you take is significant and helpful. Four Twinkies is better than 22 Twinkies. Yeah, I would I would I agree with that. And that's not saying they're great, but <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Giving me a mental health crisis. That's uh, big money. Yeah. Whoa. America's mental health crisis. A trillion? No, a billion. Okay. What's a billion between friends, right? Uh, They're predicting that the mental health crisis will uh, create a $1.3 billion industry by 2033. What is it right now, Super Don? What is it? 800 million? It's almost a a billion already. So it's going to increase. So you have to ask the question, is it an opportunistic take advantage of a situation or is it, hey, you know what? This will also lead to this profit center and this profit center and this If We can just get them from cradle to grave into medical treatments or a medical management of uh, 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 emotional states or mental states. We got them everywhere because we already got them physically, right, with the toxic, uh, toxicological burden and the drugs that are adding to the burden. It's uh, like Ozempic, right, for weight loss. Yeah, they, they won't let go. Now they want to control your emotions and your mind totally. It's not big enough that it's probably half a billion to – three quarters of a bit. I don't know what it is, but if it's going up to 1.3, it's already close. They're just going to get, get better at marketing to people that have been distressed out their minds because of the COVID scam. So, well, you know, and, and a lot of this, if you look at, at this article, it, 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 you look at the timeline on this, it's, yeah, there's so many stories that I've seen that talk about how things have gotten worse since the COVID situation mm-hmm. from 2019 to 2022. So that's the heart of, of, of the, uh, the, the pandemic situation. Uh, the use of mental health care services increased by 38% mm-hmm. among about 7 million adults with pri- private health insurance. That's a, that's, that's, I think that's a key point right there. Yeah. Spending on mental health services also jumped by 53% during that time. Men- mental health in America reached a new low in 2022 with only 31% describing their mental health as excellent. The lowest percentage in more than two decades. So it's like, what happened? <laughs> I yeah. look. I understand. Uh, we were there. We experienced this. Yeah. Would you say your mental health uh, was affected by the pandemic? I don't know that it was unaffected, but I'm I, I hard to quantify it. Super I deep. mean, did you experience yeah. stress and maybe some anxiety about what it was that was going on about mandates and? And, sure. uh, and stuff. Yeah, like and, that. And yes. Even going out, you know, the encounters that I had with people, you you're now a little bit more on edge because you don't know if the next crazy is going to come out because you're not wearing a mask and try to attack you. Now, you're but see, now here's edge. Here's the question. And now we get we get yeah. to play old people at the moment yeah. and put on our old per, old people hat. Right. OK. Um, did you feel like you needed to go see a mental health professional? Because no, of what I, was going on? I, I personally did not. No, I did not. And there, if you feel like you need help, I'm not discounting that that can be helpful. But uh, I would hope that you can 
talk to somebody that will actually listen to you, even within your own family. But you had a huge number of people yeah. that it was so bad for them that they felt that they needed to go and see a shrink. Yeah. Is that, is that, a, is that a demeaning word to say now? Well, it doesn't can bother you, us. Can you still call, call him a shrink? That's just a thing. If you're offended by that, uh, I'm sorry. reach out to Superdome. I'm yeah. sorry. A, a, yeah, mental, a mental health professional. Yeah, what does that include? Now, could that uh, preclude or would that preclude reaching out to a homeopath? Because today's uh, homeopathic hit, and we'll get to it in a little bit, addresses mental and emotional issues. That's true. Enough. That is true. Yeah. That is true. I don't so, know if that, that would qualify. And I don't know how many people in this article availed themselves of homeopathic options. Well, they were talking about private health insurance, which I don't think yeah. would cover that. No, I wouldn't cover it at all. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So the mental health crisis uh, is fundamentally, for me, a spiritual crisis, the abandonment of our, our, our true origin, our divinity. That is depressing. But I know people will argue against that uh, from their perspective. And that's okay. You could have a different belief on that. I'm not saying it's the only thing, but I think it's a significant part of it. And finding your spiritual center is going to help you with your mental health. Um, those that have a, a strong faith in God or a creator are, are less disturbed by the craziness that goes out there because you have that comfort in that relationship. Others would say, well, they're, they're just deluding themselves because maybe they're atheists. Well, that's, you know, even the person who believes in God goes, all right, that's fine. But this is my relationship. I, you know, if you're happy where you are, whatever. But uh, the idea is, of course, that there's a spiritual center or aspect of this in addition to all the other things we've talked about physically as well as emotionally and mentally and even economically and politically uh, that impact our, you know, our outlook on life. But if you don't have that deep spiritual grounding or center connection, you're going to be thrown off a lot easier. And uh, this is not uh, uh, an endorsement of any one belief system. It's just an acknowledgement that those do, that do have that relationship they are better able to withstand the things that have happened to us on an external basis. Uh, would you agree with that, Super Don? I know you have your different perspectives on the spirituality stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'm not going to put my, I can't put my finger on it, <laughs> but I know it's there. Yeah. A lot of times it's like, it's, it's this, the eight the ethers, the essence, the spirit, how you can't put yeah. my finger on it, but I feel it and I know it. Yeah. I just can't, you know. Yeah. Indeed. And, and yeah. I apologize if I sounded kind of callous, or, or maybe a, 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 a flippant, I like that word flippant, uh, about the, 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 the people's mental health during the pandemic because a lot of people were affected it way more than I was. I mean, I got, I got whatever it was that was going around. Sure, yeah. And that, and that, that was no fun. And it, it, was, it was kind of worrying. I mean, I've never had to be on oxygen before. That was a right. new one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there are a lot of people that were affected in a very negative way. They lost their jobs. You know, they were they were isolated for, you know, an extended period of time because they weren't able to go out and do stuff or they somebody that they cared about, you know, died. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I can understand how, you know, other people were affected way more in that situation than I was. But, um, man, what a uh, what an impact those mandates and all that craziness had on people to the point that it affected them that way, which is the reason why we've got to resist any attempt at this point to try and do that again. Yeah. Uh, I just, we, we I like, I like the word resist coming out of your mouth there, my friend. Do you recognizing the seriousness of the uh, scenario and how it, how it can be halted. It's not. And, and here again, I'm a guy who prays, I'm a prayer guy, but it's not that you can, this is not something you just pray away. 
And there's nothing wrong with praying. That's not my point. But there is a time where you have a physical world, a physical body, and you have to use it. And I think that thematically today, Superdome, we've been kind of talking about that. The, the aspect of engaging in defense of freedom as opposed to just thinking it'll just happen. Uh, engaging in defense of your body in terms of, of the toxicological burden or exposure. You have to act to reduce your inflow and act to increase the outflow, for instance. Maybe one day that paper coffee enema that Super Don puts in his pocket might become a real one. I'm not saying if it happens, no, we'll have frozen over. I'm not going to say that. In, you know what? In I, your pocket? I, you forgot to put it in your pocket? I put it in my... <laughs> Somebody was telling us on the other the other day that you should put it in your back pocket. It might work a little better because it's, <laughs> it's closer to the outdoor. <laughs> I don't know. I think I lost my enema. Oh no! You're gonna have to. You mean to send you one, or you're just gonna write a new one? If that's the case. Got it. All right. For those of you who are new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, I think this is the weirdest conversation I've ever heard. <laughs> the the running get a joke, of course, on this show is that. Super Don never heard of yeah. coffee enemas, and, you know, we introduced it to him, and it became like, are you kidding me? Never. Uh-uh-uh. And then we, of course, had many doctors, practitioners, and lay people alike talking about the benefits, and we've even talked about the science behind it. And then finally, Super Don was wising up because we were talking about paper co- paper uh, homeopathic remedies. That Which is, I had never heard of before. Yeah. Which was basically, if you don't actually have the remedy... You write the name of that remedy down on a piece of paper and fold it up, like put it in your shirt pocket, whatever. It carries the energy. You know, it's an intention thing. And uh, it is more like along the lines of quantum realities, granted. But then Super Don had the wise idea of like, oh, maybe he'll leave me alone on the coffee enema thing. And he wrote that down. There it is on screen, coffee enema. He did write it down and put it in his pocket, made me laugh. Uh, anyway, I nearly spit out a lung. It was so funny. But uh, that's the backstory, <laughs> the brief backstory of that, how that came to be. All right, let's hit a question of the day, shall we? If question of the day, because I yeah. believe this is Gina. Yep. Yeah, Gina's writing in. Hello, Super D and RSB. Notice she put you first. I did. That's yes. the, the onus of uh, the response is coming from you first, just so you know. Okay. She says, love your show and watch it often. My husband has been diagnosed with two types of skin cancer, and they're recommending MOHS surgery, Mohs surgery. Mohs Can surgery. You- that sounds yeah. like, uh, yeah. I could what? see the sign on that on that surgery clinic, right? Yeah. M O E Mohs surgery. M O H S, not M O E S. Oh. Yeah. Can you recommend any other natural treatments or medical facilities? No, doctor? I cannot. This is above my pay grade. But okay. I've never heard. Do you know what Mohs surgery is? Yeah, they basically they take layers of skin off a little bit at a time, and they test, look at it under a microscope to see if it's cancer or not until they get oh. it all. It's just kind of a semi less invasive thing. And okay. uh, Tracy, you going to join me on the air? Yes. Okay, put that headphone on. I'll crank up your uh, volume. I've got a question of the day I'm answering right now. Uh, Tracy Slepsevic is joining me now on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Let's see if we can bring her in as we are doing this. Oh, let me turn that off and get that thing going. Does everybody remember the Warrior Mom? Oh, let me tilt this over so we can get you in on this. There you are. There's Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Hi, how are you? Oh, doing great. So good to see you. Same here. And uh, Tracy's got a big event coming up in February, Groundhog Day of the new year, 2024. We're going to talk about in a moment, some updates. But um, um, if you don't mind hanging out, I'm going to answer this question. If you have anything to add to it, it's fine, too. So full screen here. Uh, it's a listener whose husband has a skin cancer, a couple of types, and they're doing the Mohs surgery, which is a layered surgery until they can find no more cancer. Um, they're also using Curiderm, which I've seen used, and it will really eat away at the cancerous tissue. In fact, it can leave a gaping big hole. 
So I always say, you know, utilize silver and other things to help regenerate. But that was developed by Bill Chom for husband skin cancer. Yes, I know about it and I know that it works. I've seen it work. Uh, Ingredients, eggplant extract, salicylic acid, urea. So, yeah, to me, there's no controversy about it. Of course, it is uh, can be very aggressive and it could create even some pain associated with the eating away of the cancer. But it is a less invasive form of treatment than chemo, radiation or even surgery if you can avoid surgery. But I understand the concept of the most procedure. Uh, let's see. Also, several months ago. Oh, Super Don, you got to help me with this one. You had a dentist on your show, and I can't remember his name. He gave a very en- engaging, intriguing presentation. I would appreciate if you could tell me who that was so I can look him up. Many thanks, Gina. So, Super D, do you know who this dentist was that we had on within the last uh, several months ago? Yeah. Jeez, I don't remember who we he had on. So many people. I, I don't remember who he had on last week. Let alone several months ago. It's a challenge for us. Um, Why you don't shoot. remember me? I am so. Are you sad. the dentist? Are, is this the male dentist that we had on, Tracy? No, Sla- but no. I was on several months ago. Yes, you were, but no, we don't forget you, Tracy. Don't don't you worry about. We it, talk about you all the time. I'm like my yeah. banners, like right right back there. there. Yeah, people can see it. Yeah, you picked the perfect place. I did because we're going live here. Absolutely. So uh, dentist. Huh? Yeah, who was the dentist we had on? What about Steve? Anybody out there in the audience that, that follows up on our show that knows exactly when, who was on, and what they talked about? That There are people like that that have better memory than we do about our own show. And I'm, right? I appreciate that very much. I, yeah. I have a file yes. where I save all my interviews. Yes. And then I just go back. Well, my <laughs> wife has that file. She keeps the database of the, my guests. So if she digs deep into it, we'll figure it out. And then we'll have to, uh, Super D, if we can't figure it out today, we've got to make a notch so we don't forget this question from Gino, okay? I will I will do my best. Okay. I appreciate that. Now, we still have a few minutes before I, I'm going to do my homeopathic hit. Um, since you were last on, we do homeopathic hits every day. A okay. new remedy every day on the show. Okay. I thought people would hate it. They love it. Really? Yeah. A new remedy every day. So we're going to talk about one that's important uh, Do I in get a moment. to choose the remedy? No. Well, you get to choose it after the fact. Okay. But, but for now, it's it's about uh, what Super Don tells me I have to cover because I'm an oh. obedient host of the show. You are. Yeah. And he tells okay. me what to cover. I'm going to cover it. So so tell me, um, we're here at Biomed Expo. Are you going to be presenting? I think you are. I am Saturday. Yay. Yeah. So I don't know if I get to introduce you or what, if you're going to be on a panel discussion too or not. So but... I'm in B. B? B. Okay. I, I, I don't even know what room there's I'm in right a, now. B, C. I think I've been abducted by aliens because right? there's a simultaneous alien. Have you ever been to an alien event? Okay. So I went to the conscious life. The space guy's behind you again there. You were yeah. just talking about that. Yeah. And I will not go back. It was and crazy. The, the main reason I won't go back is because you, you had some good energy, but you also had some really dark energy floating through there. Oh. And I'm empathetic. Sure. I absorb energy yeah. like nobody's business, right. so I couldn't handle it. I, I I could barely get through the conference because I had I paid a fortune for an exhibit table, sold okay. barely no book, books. Oh no, yeah. Um, it was absolutely ridiculous, but I, I made great relationships. You know, yeah, I yeah. always say that was good. Um, but I will know. So I've been to that one, and that was. Yeah, this is a different one. I've never I've never been, but I'm fascinated by some of the, the topics that are covered. I mean, who wouldn't be at least intrigued by it? We're talking about stuff you like sometimes you see on ancient aliens on TV. My wife right. likes that. She she's, I believe yeah, in aliens. Yeah, you can't say that God created this great big universe and there's nobody just else. Us, right. right. I, I think that's unreasonable Dumb. to think. Oh, that, but now the that. government's gonna blame it on the aliens. They've they've they really? said yeah, don't you know that? That's so the now play? they have admitted that mm. 
that there are aliens, there mm-hmm. are UFOs. Mm-hmm. And from, from that, I truly believe that um, they are going to, they're just going to start blaming everything on, on the aliens. The aliens. So next to year during election year, we're going to either have like an, an alien invasion or we're going <laughs> to. Or we're going to have another pandemic, which mm -hmm. I think they've got. We already have that. But, you know, everyone that they just kind of say, if we still believe them, uh, I think. And I've talked to to Superdon about this and on the uh, for the audience is like, how will they get you to be frightened again? Because a lot of people have woken up and are, are seeing through it. And I think they have to have some way, either millions of crisis actors or they they 5G us and cause us to bleed from the eyes because we got injected. Not None of us here got You didn't. Right. I didn't. But no. the point is a physical, horrific reality in front of your face that would finally frighten people back into that fear. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. I think that's how far they have to go. In a state of fear. Yeah. They have know? to go there. Then they create that divide. Yeah. It's all very biblical. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not predicting. I don't want to see that, but I'm thinking if they're that desperate, that's where they're going to have to go next. And maybe it's the aliens doing it or they'll blame the aliens, as you said. So um, with that, hey, how's the uh, the event? I mean, I know we've got a lot of time in advance, which is not always the, the case, right? We've got some months still to prepare. I, your yeah. event. So I feel so it's it's all coming together. So it's a beautiful venue. It's the JW Marriott San Antonio Hill Country Resort and Spa. Mm-hmm. It's it massive venue. So I think it's over 40,000 square feet ballroom and four year space. And mm-hmm. it's it's stunning golf course, several pools. Um, I have some wonderful speakers, yeah. including yourself. Yeah, she. You think she, she's tr- tough because she invited me to speak. That's so, yeah, right. brave, courageous, all of that. So, yeah, I'm going to be there, and it's uh, February second, uh, February third. Uh, that's going to be happening. In, you said San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, beautiful hotel and resort. Dr. Yeah. Andrew Wakefield will be there. Nice. Del Big Tree, Dr. Judy Makovitz, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. James Lyons Wheeler, mm-hmm. Dr. James Nushwander, Dr. New. Yes, <laughs> Dr. New. you got a great lineup. Oh, I know. It's be awesome. It's yeah. it's wonderful. Dr. Paul Thomas. Um, I definitely got the great list of of speakers um, now to start pulling in attendees. Mm-hmm. And you guys got time to plan to be there. San Antonio, Texas, February 2nd, 3rd. Right now we're in Las Vegas, Nevada, I think it is. And it's the Pacific time zone. This is what your time zone is. Usually yes. I'm not used to doing my show at noon, right? That's when we start the show, but it's like not anyway, we're doing it. We're here. We're happening. I hope y'all come and see us. It's uh, you can actually get in to see the exhibits for free. You just got to register, but you can see them. If you want to see the lectures, you obviously have to support the event. And we hope that you do that too. Uh, so Tracy's going to be speaking, you said on I think Saturday, Saturday around 11 ish. Okay. Yeah. And it's about addressing the underlying conditions associated with autism. Excellent. So these kids could function. And that's really what the conference is very much about mm-hmm. is, you know, all these neurological disorders that are right. common about from environmental toxins, uh, genetic predispositions, yeah. you know, kind of a combination of them. And uh, we need to get you on for detox dialogues. That's a new feature right. we're going to be doing. All right. The homeopathic hit, all the homeopathic hits happening live on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Counting them down. This one today, Ignatia, Ignatia, I-G-N-A-T-I-A. Another one of uh, those emotionally focused remedies that are so significant, especially in times of loss. And so we have the PDF download for you free of charge every day, a new remedy that I'm doing a live show. 
Uh, we're talking about treating emotional disturbances and acute stress in this case. And if you go down a little bit, scroll down, Super Don, you'll see the origin of Ignatia coming from the St. Ignatius bean, plant native to uh, the Philippines. And how you make it into a homeopathic remedy is distinct and unique. And then it's, uh, of course, it's not toxic anymore in any way. When we talk about the physical uh, conditions associated with it can be headaches and spasms, even certain types of coughs triggered by emotional factors. That's a key thing for Ignatia. There's always seemingly an emotional component to manifest even physically, things like grief. And we're going to get into that now, the mental aspect of that, uh, experiencing intense emotions mood swings, a tendency to suppress your feelings. That could indicate the need for Ignatia as a homeopathic remedy. Now, as you see the primary uses, and remember, this is a quick hit. These homeopathic hits are quick hits. They're to get you to the, you know, the, a little bit of the surface so you don't get it too intimidated and you can go further. Emotional distress, effective for grief, loss, mourning, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a pet, the loss of a job, any kind of loss that you feel, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm in, I'm in mourning. Ignatia is your remedy. Stress related for headaches, spasms, other physical uh, symptoms that are exacerbated or made worse by stress and sleep. A lot of times that can be sleep disruptive. You can use Ignatia to help, especially if you're in emotional turmoil. Now, uh, lower attenuations or potency, 6X to 30C, self-help, no problem. If you want to go into the higher intensities where you're talking about maybe lifetimes or generations of this stuff, please consult the homeopathic doctor of some kind. Now, the complementary remedies as we wrap this up, it's a quick hit here with Ignatia. Natural muriaticum is another remedy that you might indicate. You go look at the material medica. Oh, it looks like Nat Murr is also involved. It's for prolonged grief and emotional suppression. So that's why it's related. If we go to gelsemium, which was one of the homeopathic hits just the other day, remember, stress-related physical symptoms, trembling, weakness, exhaustion, gelsemium, anxiety, fear, all of that. And I added this one into the mix, sepia. And we haven't done this as a, as a hit yet, but sepia is like when the sadness and grief become chronic and moves into depression. Then you have an associated homeopathic remedy that's complementary, sepia. So safe, of course, Ignatia is a homeopathic remedy. If you need help, this is not to replace any doctor if, if you believe in utilizing that. This is uh, basically information and education. I want, to, I want you to be empowered to make steps and take steps so you don't have to resort to toxicological burdens, poisons, etc. And with that, we're going to take a pause. 60 seconds later, we're going to be back, unless it's the uh, audio podcast later. It's instant. The bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show comes up after this. Thank you, Tracy Slepsevic, for being on board the show today. Thank and being you for at having the me. Biomed Expo, where the power to heal is yours. All right, so have we done homeopathic cochleus yet, Superdon? No. C-O-C-C-U-L-U-S? I don't think we nope. have, or have we? No, we have not. It's, it, there are hundreds of remedies, so I'm never going to run out, I don't think. Although I've done thousands of shows, so we might run out and have to uh, go back around and make up new remedies. But um, Tracy was asking about uh, dizziness, and that's the remedy is cochleus, most yeah. indicated. Uh, no, I've, I've, got, I've got three months of, of remedies mapped out already. Wow. And there's way more where those came from. So. so that means there are at least like, what, about 90 remedies you've already kinda got? Roughly, yeah. yeah. Well, no, yeah. You haven't written a book yet. It's happening. Well, I mean, the book I wrote, I've been riding on it for a while with Ty Bollinger, The Unlock the Power to Heal. But you're right. Um, there are a number of books in me that haven't come out, but they are coming out right now. So uh, a lot of uh, homeopathic focus. But even more so than that, there's so much more in terms of uh, bringing all of these things together because I'm not a, a isolationist. 
Right. Uh, and, um, you know, homeopaths are generalists. They can do anything and everything. But I've in, incorporated integrated whole food supplementation, herbs, yep. uh, various different practices for detoxification. And so there's a lot of that that I, I should bring out and bring together. So, But you have to. So yeah. people always ask me, what did you do for your child? What was the one thing that worked? There was mm. no one thing. I threw everything at that kid but the kitchen sink. So right, right. you got to, you know, in combination with healthy eating, supplementation, mm. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I did homeopathy as well. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Thuya. I Thuja. remember Thuya for yeah. pulling out the metals. That, that was that one That was one of the uh, remedies I think we did cover. Uh, uh, Thuja and Cilicia, they're often used for uh, uh, vaccinosis, adverse vaccine yep. events. And so that is one. If we haven't covered it, again, these are now blurring Superdon. We've only been doing it for a couple <laughs> of weeks. And, and I'm already like, did we do that or not? I don't know. Go back no, to the archives. No, we didn't do Thuja. We did, we did Cilicia, I think, was the very, very first okay. one. And it was related to Thuja. That's what yeah. went out. When I do the bottom part of that uh, document for everybody, we put in re- remedies that are related. So okay. somebody might read a remedy and go, well, that doesn't exactly match. And we go, all right, well, look at this one. This might do it. It could lead you down a rabbit hole of a lot of options. But trying to give you some insight into a form of medicine that is the least expensive medicine on the planet, the safest medicine yep. on the planet. And that could bring back that power to heal to you, even if you don't like have it. it tastes like candy. Home. Right. If it comes as a little pellet. That's right. It's very sweet. Very nice. <laughs> so anyway, this is fun to see Tracy, my friend. And uh, you got to see Nancy. My wife's here. I so, did. Yeah. So uh, maybe you guys can walk the alien thing together and you'll say, avoid that because you're empathic. Right. <laughs> that one's good i'm telling you yeah. any place that has dark energy mm. i it's like it, I, yeah. I can feel it um one time i went to new orleans only once oh yeah and yeah. we were walking mm. down the streets i was with my friends mm. and we, they wanted to go into this voodoo place i literally felt like this weight on me mm. Just walking through the door, that I walked right back yeah, out. I said, yeah. oh, "I'll just, you know, I'll just wait out here." I talked. No, energy's big. Yeah, I, I'm sensitive to that too. I, I don't know if how empathic I can define myself to be, but I don't have a degree in it. But I do feel it, and uh, it's real. And you know, I, I talked about New Orleans and Amsterdam being like very like co-capitals of the lower astral plane in terms of energies, weird stuff. Uh, some people dig it and like it. I'm like, you know great book on, yeah. on what I go through is mm. Dodging Energy Vampires by um, uh, Dr. Christiane Northrup. Right. Christiane's so, great yeah. on that. And she was she was at her home and she was doing the affidavit signing mm-hmm. and I was telling her about some things. She's like, if you're an empath, you really need to read my book. So I listened to her audible because mm-hmm. who has time to read books yeah, anymore? Yeah. No. <laughs> Dr. Northrup is awesome. So, um, yeah. But it was an excellent book and i just you know i, I appreciate that you can hang out with me that's a good sign Aww. right no i mean that means i'm not an energy vampire Arr, right i think not i like just ex- you know exuding like good energy mm-hmm. i'm just getting all my good energy all exactly. over everybody yeah including you she noticed that um this shirt says the power to heal is yours it doesn't say the power to heal is mine your power to heal is mine mine right? says warrior mom yeah warrior mom is awesome <laughs> but if it, super don if i ever change the shirt and reprint it to say my power to heal is yours or your power to heal is mine. It's kind of weird. I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to. That would to be weird. Yes. Yeah. That would yeah. be weird. So we're not going to do the energy vampire thing. Anyway. <laughs> so, no, that's not what we do here. So, by the way, there's, the- a, there's an alien there over uh, uh, Tracy's uh, shoulder. You see that? 
oh, yeah, right. And the, uh, this booth over here, you see a little alien? Uh-huh. It looks similar to the thing they found in Peru, uh, that <laughs> body that they're, they're... I know at, ver- at first when I looked at the list of, of vendors and everything, I was like, all right, where's Paul yes. and where's Robert? Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the good energy I realized happening. I was surrounded by, by alien people, and I'm like, all right, I get to just be grounded we're gonna maybe roll up grounding learning how to ground yourself is Mm -hmm. number one very good very good so uh let's see maybe you could do the homeopathic hits in alphabetical order no that's just not how we're riding steve whatever super don says we're going in that order uh and i know that's confusing but you know we got to have a little bit of excitement in life uh when we're covering homeopathy so uh we're just going to do it differently however super don says so did did we find the dentist that we had on a few months ago did steve look that up the request for if it was within the last, I don't know, was it two months ago? Three I, months well, ago? okay. So let's go back to her question. Yeah. And I think there's a clue here. She says, uh, you had a dentist on your show and I can't remember his name. He gave a very engaging and intriguing presentation. A little yeah. light bulb went on when I read that. Okay. You were at an event and you had a guest on that had a PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. And did the power, he did the PowerPoint pre- presentation on the air as we were broadcasting. Do you remember that? Well, Carl Kanthak did that, but that wasn't a dentist thing. That was, it had nothing to do with dentistry or no, oral. vaccine-induced uh, injury and exemptions, state level. Oh, bummer. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. Because that's, that's intriguing there, right? It's an intriguing that one, we presentation. Did that in Boise. We did that in Boise, Idaho at, the, at that event. We the Patriots. The other there. one that there, we had a guest on uh, back in March, Boyd Haley. Oh. who was talking about dental amalgams. Well, Boyd Haley could be the guy they were talking about, but um, I guess, well, I don't know how many months ago that was, but Boyd's a great guy. I think it was like March. Yeah. So, so that's uh, Dina, all I've found if, so far. If you look up the, the show with Boyd Haley, uh, maybe let us know if that's the one. If not, we'll keep looking. So, yeah, it's hard when you do. Well, my wife keeps track of all my guests, and we're up to over 1,800 now. Uh, and each one I only count once. Like you've been on more than once. We still count you as just one guest, okay. right? Uh, so that means thousands of interviews uh, over time. So you'll have to forgive me if I can't remember every single one when on demand I ask or you ask about it in general. I, I remember Tracy. She's a good friend. So, uh, but, you know, sometimes people will show up once and that's it. And you just met them fleetingly. And hopefully it was a good, good information we connect with. Uh, but it, I think to really follow up with, you know, the cancer thing, removing cancer is mm-hmm. to really follow up with like high dose vitamin C, IV ozone. Mm-hmm. Do you ever talk about that stuff? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the things that are naturally what we call anti-cancer, uh, you know, to, to utilize them. Um, we had recently we've talked about the vitamin B17 laetrile, right? Yep. Uh, John Richardson Jr. on the show. And we have links to that. You get a discount for that. We actually have so many apricots this year we've got like we can make our own you know uh vitamin b17 but if we only to- we had easy access to gc math injections oh yeah that was a big controversy oh my goodness. right uh selenium as you know is the number one mineral in terms of preventing cancer and uh, jonathan emort has beaten the fda back eight times and one on that issue and they still won't let you make claims berberine. for it berberine yeah so dr andrew wakefield told me if i want to you know prevent cancer, berberine. Mm-hmm. And berberine good. is good for so many different things. Taraxicum, which is dandelion. It's also another wonderful thing to help there. Anything that uh, reduces the toxicological burden, inflammatory components of life itself in the body. Uh, so there are a number of things that can be considered anti-cancer, but 
We have a country where it's a medical monopoly. The treatment for cancer is exclusive to that which is approved by the Fear and Death Administration and administered in a very toxic way because it is very toxic, chemo, as well as radiation, which also causes cancer and surgery, which can sometimes help you and sur survive you. But it also leaves you with a lot of energetic wounds that manifest physically, even as future cancers. And they don't consider that so much. I have a bad taste in my mouth when it comes to chemo and radiation because my dad died from chemo and radiation. Yeah. More so. people die from that treatment than actually die from cancer. And I begged him. Not to do it? Not to. Yeah. So you had an, an older man, mm -hmm. 74 years old, had just had two heart attacks the year prior. The number one thing that that type of chemo in general. What happened there? Something, something happened. I can't hear you. <laughs> Something wigged out. We can end here until tomorrow. Okay, well, that's one way to do it. I, you know what? I'm going to blame the aliens. The aliens did this. It was alien technology that wiped out Robert's broadcast. Yeah, it's, it's that alien over your shoulder over there. That's it. Jammed the signals. All right. Well, on that note... Um, Robert, take some pictures, please, of the alien stuff. We can use that for tomorrow. And, um, yeah. So thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Really do appreciate it. We had a good show today. And uh, we will be back tomorrow with more Biomed Expo and guests, surprise guests and stuff and uh, aliens. And you guys have a good day. We'll see you guys tomorrow.